Welcome to Step Monsters, a podcast all about the highs and lows of step parenthood. I'm Elise, and this is Bailey. We're two friends bonded by this crazy stepmom world. Hello, Step Monsters. I don't know about you and what day or time you're listening to this, but for us, it's a Friday night. And because we're here recording, you can tell it is a real wild Friday night. On tonight's episode, we're actually going to talk to you about co-parenting, parallel parenting, and counter-parenting, and kind of the differences between some of those, and maybe answer some questions from Instagram that we got when we asked for feedback from all of you. But before we do that, I feel like we should probably share what Friday night beverage of choice we've both chosen. Elise, you mean what are you the ninety-year-old women that these people are listening to talk? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say it's eight thirty in Chicago, so I'm really just you know it's a wild night for me. I'm drinking Chardonnay. Thank you, Costco. Shout out to Costco. Also, by the way, if you don't buy wine from there, you're doing things wrong. Honestly, nine dollars Kirkland brand Chardonnay. Their Zen's really good. It's super cheap and it's really good. And this comes from I am a total wine fanatic. So you are a total wine fanatic. Yeah. And I will tell you, I am not really like a Chardonnay fan in general, but the Costco Kirkland Chardonnay, I really enjoy. It's not like too oaky or too butterscotchy like some Chardonnays can get. It's just like really easy, light drinking. It really is. Um, probably too well. But yeah, I'm I grew up around wine because my family is involved in the wine industry. And so normally I'm like super bougie about wine. And your drink looks fun. My drink is so fun. I actually bought these at Costco. So obviously nobody can see what I'm showing Elise right now, but it's these things called cut water cocktails. So they do it's essentially like a mixed cocktail in a can. They do vodka-based cocktails and tequila-based cocktails. And this is not sponsored, by the way, but Dear Cutwater Cocktails, if you would like to sponsor us or Costco, we're totally game. <laughs> um, but this is a lime tequila margarita. And I don't know what kind of tequila they put in it, but it's actually pretty fucking good. And I have it over ice and put like a little of the tahine, like chili oh. lime seasoning on the top. And it just like gives it a little like salty edge. And I'm telling you, ladies, as a pro tip, put that uh, just sprinkle it literally on the top of your margarita. It doesn't have to go on the rim or anything fancy like that. Pro tip. I also use that tahini sauce and Bloody Marys. Oh, I've never thought about that. Yeah. I've put it on like watermelon and pineapple and random fruits, but I've never thought about it in a Bloody Mary. I'll have to try okay, that. Okay, we need to talk about that offline because I have this tahini sauce and I the only thing I know to put it in is Bloody Mary. Now that you say that cut water stuff, which I've seen, they have like, they have the Bloody Mary cans, the vodka, lemon, whatever. I wasn't a huge fan of the Bloody Mary one, but I mean, it's decent. I can, just, I'm really can not Bloody big... Mary sounds weird, but can margarita, I'm apparently all for because it's okay, delicious. Let's try that. <laughs> so another thing that I just, I felt the need to share. So I was driving home trying to hurry up so we could be on time to record tonight. And do you ever have those songs when they come on on the radio? They're like throwbacks and you just have to turn the music up so loud and blast it and you sing every word no matter how embarrassing it is. Yeah, because you're 16 again, like with your license newly. Right. Except that song around. for me is Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. Yes. <laughs> There's just like something that that song does to my soul. And I just all of a sudden I'm like, I'm a. You're a rap god. I'm a rap god. When that song comes on, I know every word, and I'm not ashamed, and I may have played it twice on the way home. Okay, the fact that you said the name of the song and I wanted to sing it, 
it's i mean it's a catchy tune man totally um the last thing can we talk about the fact that it's end of july and do you see what i'm wearing yeah why are you wearing what looks like a sherpa it is so cold what mind you it's 70 degrees but i feel like it's like 55 like it's not warm it's overcast it's and yay shout out to me coming to visit you i'm so excited for those of you that are in arizona if you have not heard or seen on social media we are doing a stepmoms meetup the second weekend in august so elise is actually flying in from chicago just to come to this and of course hang out with me for the weekend but if you are around and you want to join us please find us on facebook it's listed as an event on our facebook page going to be so much fun. I'm super excited. I also have never been to Arizona in the summertime and Bailey keeps telling me how hot it is, but uh, I guess I get to finally experience it myself because I keep saying I want to move to Arizona, but I guess I can't keep saying that unless I get there when it's 110 degrees. Yeah, we just had friends visit us last week from Connecticut and we tried to warn them and told them not to come in July because it's one of the hottest months. However, they came anyways, and I will say they most definitely said by the time they were leaving, like, I I didn't expect that. I knew it was hot there in the summer, but I didn't realize it was that hot. Like, your skin hurts when you walk outside. Oh, okay. Well, so I don't need to bring my fleece. Absolutely not. They actually all brought jackets, too. I was like, why did you do that? <laughs> that was a waste For of when they get space. home, they're going to be freezing. <laughs> Oh, geez. All right. So enough chit chat, although that was much needed, uh, unwind from a very long week and long Friday. But we are actually here to talk again about parallel parenting, co-parenting and counter-parenting. This is a topic that is brought up a lot and I'm not entirely sure most people really understand the difference. So a good place to start would probably be to talk about the difference between the three types of parenting. So the first that I think is the most desirable and the one that everybody wants to think that they can do is is co-parenting. So that's when there is an amicable relationship between exes. They can communicate effectively. They can agree on most things as it comes to parenting. So there's not a lot of hostility. And of course, everybody wants that. The hard part is, is the reality is you're in a divorce situation. And most of the time there's feelings involved in that. And a lot of the times there's hard feelings involved in that, which can make it really difficult for people to be on the same page when it comes to parenting. So the other type of parenting is parallel parenting. And if I had to imagine what the two of these looked like visually, which is really helpful for me. Co-parenting is where you're kind of marching down the same street together. You're on the same path, you're in alignment, you can communicate, you can be in the same room together without it being super awkward for everyone around you. Parallel parenting is a little bit different. There's less communication, maybe a little bit more tension, but you're still walking on different streets in the same direction. You still have shared goals in the households and you still, in theory, (laughs) try to hold the same rules in terms of like bedtimes or school functions or cell phones, technology, things like that. The opposite side of really both of those is counterparenting. And that is really where there's so much tension between both parties that it either takes a court system 
or therapists or parenting coordinators or all of the above to have any sort of agreement as it relates to the kids and how they're going to be raised. And in fact, it can even be so bad that everything one parent is doing to set boundaries and set rules, the person that's the counter parent is basically doing everything the opposite just to spite that relationship. So it's usually the exes that are harboring a lot of negative feelings towards their ex-wife or ex-husband. And they really want to be the Disneyland mom or Disneyland dad, and they just want to be the cool parent, and they want to be the one that the kids want to go to and want to have fun with. So they're doing everything to spite their ex, which really kind of pisses me off when you think about it, because at the end of the day, you're, you're not doing harm to anyone but the kids. It just, it sucks. And a lot of people, so when we put out a poll on Instagram, a lot of people are actually big fans of parallel parenting because it essentially, so everyone wants to to co-parent. That's like what's in everyone's mind. But most of the time, actual real co-parenting is just not a reality for a myriad of reasons, but also because you live in two entirely separate households and there's bound to be some sort of disagreements just for that reason alone. So parallel parenting seems to be the more preferred route by everybody that's experienced both because it means that the communication is minimal And you're both in agreement that this is how we're going to raise our kids. This is how we're going to manage these households. And you're both holding those lines in your individual households and managing your household on your own without having to constantly consult the other parent on every single little micro decision. So in my mind, that seems like a great route to go, but a lot of it just seems really messy. Like if I if I think about like our situation and I'm I earlier today I was trying to think, well, which one are we in? Are we co-parenting or are we parallel parenting or are we counterparenting? And honestly, I think we do a little bit of all. <laughs> I think not on purpose, but I mean co-parenting is when there's something major, like major medical or major life decision, like my husband and his ex-wife can communicate amicably and talk about the decision and most of the time agree to that. Parallel parenting, we all also have agree that, you know, cell phones go in bedrooms by certain times at night and my stepson has this certain curfew or this is how we're going to handle these requests from them about social media or whatever it is. But then, then I find out multiple times that his ex-wife is not actually holding him to those boundaries and kind of lets him do whatever he wants. So then that makes her the cool parent and makes us like the disciplinary and the assholes. So I, I'm, I don't live in one bucket. I feel like our lives are pretty much like dipping our toes in all three of those buckets at any given point in time. I completely forgot to tell you this story, and I have to tell it now or I'm going to forget again, and it's the best story from something that happened last week. So our son does junior golf, and we're out on the golf course, and some of our friends that we've met through this junior golf program had their kids out there. Well, they have four, well, five total with their ours baby, and there's this guy I don't recognize, and I think, oh, it's just a different parent that maybe I've not met that has a kid in the program. And so we're chatting and I said, you know, I introduced myself, he introduced himself and I said, "Who? oh, which one's your child? And he pointed to our friends that we already know and he said, they're my kids, I'm their stepdad. And I have heard oh. about him, obviously, and, and they do a really good job of parallel parenting and sometimes co-parenting. It's, it's like just a really good situation that they've got 
And I thought that was so cool. He was out there because stepmom wasn't available. And so he came to take her place to help shuffle the kids around on the course. And I could tell when he said that he was the stepdad, it his demeanor kind of changed. Like he wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it or, you know, maybe I was going to be judgmental. But I ended up telling him once we got to the next hole that I also was a step parent and how cool I thought it was that he was out there helping out and he was helping teach the kids. Dad was teaching the kids. And then we all had dinner together afterwards. And it was just so awesome to see that. So shout out to the stepdads and the bio dads who are able to hang with each other. And like, it, they were even like, hey, this happened at my house last week. And then asking the kids, well, why did you do that? Like, let's not do that again. And I'm like, okay, this is amazing. It's like two dads parenting. Oh, that's so cute. I love hearing stories like that. I, I've also heard, I mean, parallel parenting, I've heard sometimes that communication has to be minimized because like parents can't even go to the same sporting events in that regard or like they'll go to the sporting events but they don't sit together or interact or even like pretend that they're there and I think that's okay I think on our episode where we invited Alex on, we talked a little bit about this, and she had said sometimes she skips out on sporting events altogether because she's worried it would stress the kids out. And I completely agree with that. I think if your kids have acknowledged the fact that having both parents there and all parties there stresses them out, it's going to hurt their performance, they're going to be worried or stressed the whole time about who's getting along and who's not, I would probably eject myself from that situation if that were the case for me. But I love being able to see parents go to sporting events together. I mean, when my stepson was younger, he played football and he played lacrosse. And early on in us dating, those were some of like the first interactions that I had with my husband's ex-wife were at sporting events. And of course, going down the co-parenting path, we sat together and tried to like, you know, be at the events together. And I don't think either of the kids picked up on a ton of awkwardness. I don't know. They probably, they're more perceptive than we give them credit for. So they probably did. But for me, it was so awkward. I'm like, oh God, you, I know you hate my guts and I know you don't want me here, but here I am. I'm trying to cheer on your kid. I'm trying to give good energy. And it's, it was just, it was really uncomfortable. So I totally get when step parents are like, yeah, I can't do that. Can't, yeah, nope, not, not doing it. Gotta go, gotta eject. It's funny because when she brought that up a a few episodes ago, that really wasn't something I had ever looked at it from that perspective. So even being a step parent for, you know, seven years now, maybe almost eight, there are new things that you think about that you wish maybe you had thought about previously, but we're always learning, right? So we hear so many times on Instagram, people are like, I'm, I wish I would have had this resource five years ago, or I've been looking for something and I'm so glad I found you guys. And we're not the end all be all of information. We don't know everything. That's It's a learning curve for all of us. So I feel like we're just all learning right together, which is great. And I love also, I would not have thought of that if we didn't have this community where stepmoms can voice stuff that they're feeling and their situations. Yeah, I totally agree with you. A lot of the situations that got brought up when I put the poll out on Instagram are really 
not necessarily about the type of parenting, but they're about how do you still handle when there's major disagreements between households or where the kids are going back and forth between a household that is so far left on one extreme, not politically, but and then so far right on another. And especially if your kid's on like a 225 schedule where you're doing like three transitions a week, could you imagine going back and forth between wildly different households that many times a week and trying to function normally? How do kids even do that? I think if I had to travel for work and it was that back and forth, I would never feel stable. I would feel like I was all over the place all the time. So I didn't, yeah, that's, I think, super stressful. Have you ever dealt with a lack of consistency between households? Like, what, what, has there ever been anything major that was like a point of contention where you're like, this is totally different between both of our households, and either I'm cool with it being different or one of the households is going to need to adjust to try to make it consistent for the kids' sake? I think a lot of small stuff that maybe became more important than it needed to be. Otherwise, I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't have a ton of visibility into the other household and what happens there. It's a lot of the focus is on our household. So I would assume it's probably pretty different, but I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, we didn't used to have as many differences, but the older my stepson gets, the more I'm finding we are really different. Like, he's 17. So the reality is, is he's going to be a legal adult in roughly 10 months, which is totally terrifying. For and many. will he still be singing in the shower then? Most definitely will still be singing <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> that was hysterical. Uh, yeah. But we, for so long, had agreed to phones go in the bedrooms every night. I know I've talked about this before. And that includes, like, other electronics. Like, he has a laptop that... We got him for school when COVID hit and he needed to do remote learning. So now he has that laptop. And the rule originally was all the electronics go in our bedroom at night. And that was the same for my stepdaughter when she was young, too. So my assumption was we just gave the same rules because that's kind of what we've always done. It's like, all right, well, if my stepdaughter had XYZ rules, then my stepson also has XYZ rules because that's what's fair. You treat both kids the same. And my husband got wind of the fact that basically my stepson does whatever he wants while he's at his mom as far as his electronics are concerned. You know, he would play on his computer 24 hours a day, stay up till three o'clock in the morning, not have to put his electronics away. So then he comes over to our house and we're like, hey, dude, put your electronics away. And he's mad. And we're like, uh, what the heck? Like, why ugh, Why are you mad? Like, this has always been the rule. But come to find out, it's because that rule is not actually being enforced at his mom's house. And she just, I think it's easier for her to just like not argue. Because I mean, when he's been playing on his computer for eight hours, and you're like, hey, it's time to get off. It's like taking cocaine away from a crack addict. Like, it, it's like a visceral reaction where he's angry and he's mad and he doesn't want to stop and it's 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 weird anybody that has kids that are into video games can probably attest to this but so that makes us immediately the asshole parents and a couple weeks ago my husband he was letting my stepson keep his laptop downstairs in the living room instead of putting it in our room at night and i we were getting ready to go to bed and i was like well where's his laptop his phone's in here but where's his laptop and my husband was like well it, it's downstairs. It's fine. It's fine. And I'm like, what do you mean it's fine? Like, all along, it's been, it needs to be in our bedroom, but then it's, uh, it's fine. What do you mean it's fine? I'm like, I, like, had a really hard time 
adjusting to that because I didn't I didn't know that the rule had changed. And we were like folding laundry upstairs and I told my husband, I'm like, what did I what happened here? I'm like, because this was the rule and then all of a sudden this is the rule. I'm like, help me understand what I missed. And he was like, well, since at his mom's house, he gets to pretty much do whatever he wants. I'm just going to let him at least use his computer while it's downstairs. He has to keep it downstairs overnight, plugged in. But other than that, he can use it. And I'm like, okay, that's what I needed to know. <laughs> I, I did not realize that that rule had changed. And for me, I get like, I don't know, weirdly, not upset, but like defensive when schedules change, when rules change, or when somebody moves my cheese, so to speak. <laughs> because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm used to like this set of rules and this is how I step parent and this is how I am in my household and these, this is what we've all agreed to. So when that changes and I didn't know about it, I was like, wow, I was like a, all of a sudden this like really angry person and I had to gut check myself and be like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> There's something you're missing from this story. So why don't you ask why and why don't you try to understand what changed and why it changed. And I totally get it. I'm like, it at this point, is it worth fighting these battles when he's almost an adult? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just not. And for the most part, he's a really good kid. He's responsible and he minds his P's and Q's. And I, I mean, how much are you going to try to fight at this point? I don't know. That was going to be my question to you is, how did your husband address it with his ex-wife? Or what did you guys do to kind of conform? And I think that's honestly... I think that's the right call because you can't change anything at her house. You could start an argument with her and that's not going to make anything better. But uh, I love that you were like, well, okay, what in the, what in the process, like where did this change? And then he was able to vocalize that to you because that could totally, even though it's a small thing, could have created an argument because he just unilaterally made a decision. But I love that, that you addressed it that way and you were like, okay, it is what it is, you know, not a hill we need to die on. Yeah. Let's move along. I wanted to read this thing to you that I found on the internet, and it's this article about the difference between co-parents and counter-parents. And I thought this little snippet, it gives you a bunch of different examples of, you know, what would a counter-parent do in a situation and what would a co-parent do in a situation. And so it says, counter-parents live up to their name by working continually against the other parent often when it's not even logical to do so because they want to win, be right, or cause hardship for their ex. The result is usually that it's not just the other parent being fought against, but also the process of parenting and the best interest of the children. Whereas co-parents keep emotion out of the equation as much as possible so that if they can stay focused on the facts of what their children need, it is for the better. Co-parents won't always agree, but they can usually discuss things in a calm and logical manner and are willing to communicate, compromise, and develop creative solutions. It's honestly like a business, like a, like how you would communicate with your coworkers. That's how I envision co-parenting. I totally agree with you. And I, is there such thing as avoidance parenting? Because the whole situation and you were like, well, how did your husband approach that with his ex-wife? He didn't. We just hear about it through the grapevine that this is what's happening there. And he was like, I don't want to try to force this if she's not, because then it just causes tension in our house when we're trying to enforce a rule and then it's not fair and it's not the same. And she's not really the type of person where you can go to her and be like, you're not following this rule that we agreed to and I don't appreciate it or whatever tender, gentle way you want to try to approach that conversation. Regardless, the outcome will be the same. She will be pissed. She will get defensive. She'll tell you it's her house and not yours and basically butt out. So 
we, I think, learn from experience in trying to address some of those things and have just become at peace with the fact that she doesn't have the same rules at her house as we have. And in some ways, I'm cool with that. And in some ways, it really bothers me. But like even chores, like I have heard again through the grapevine, not naming my sources, that my stepson would purposely mess up on his chores so that he wouldn't have to do them because she'd be like, oh, you didn't do it right. Like, just I'll just do it. And oh, you mean a guy acting like they can't do something to get out of it? So weird. Typical, right? Typical. <laughs> but then I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, if that were my house, I'd be like, no, you need to go back and you need to do it right. Like, we don't just like get out of it because we half asked it. Like, that's not a thing. But things like that, like, how are you supposed to go to his ex-wife and be like, "Ah, excuse me, um, I know you're not enforcing the chores in the same way that we enforce them in our household. Like, could you imagine how that conversation would be? Dear God, I think not even a whole bottle of wine would be enough to be able to handle that reaction for me. Hard pass. I think that's just inherently different parenting styles. Even our son, who's six, will... Sometimes if he makes a mess, he'll go grab the vacuum and he likes to vacuum. But then if he doesn't want to do it, he will try to act like, well, I don't know where it's at or I don't know how to do it. And I'm like, okay, you've done it like five times before. I know you know how to work the vacuum cleaner, but it's a manipulation thing. And I think it's just how you handle it. If he, if he's able to do that and behave that way at mom's house and she doesn't enforce it and give him some pushback... And, you know, utilize the fact that she knows what he's doing, because I'm sure she knows what he's doing, then it's just going to continue to happen. It will continue to happen. And I'm actually really glad you said that about your son, because a lot of times I find myself and I think other stepmoms find themselves thinking that this is an issue exclusive to step parents and blended families and separate houses. And the reality is it's not. I mean, even me as a kid, I most definitely got away with shit with my stepdad that I did not get away with with my mom and vice versa. Like I knew where each of their soft spots were and I played those accordingly. (laughs) And all kids do that. Even if your parents are still married, like that's not an issue exclusive to separate households. And you don't have to beat yourself up thinking this issue is so problematic or I'm having to parent so differently or I'm in disagreement with their mom because we're in separate houses. It's not always that way. There are still disagreements in the same household about how to parent, how to discipline, who can get away with what or who's responsible for what. Totally. I've said before, there are so many things that we think are exclusive to co-parenting that truly are just normal like normal kid behavior. And I, I find that the only difference is that there's more opinions involved, more emotions on what we think maybe is right and what's wrong. That's my take, though. I think it's very valid. <laughs> <laughs> Validate me, please. You can consider yourself validated for Thank sure. You. Take a bow. <laughs> I need a trophy. Yes, you do. Sorry, I'm trying to look through some of our Oh, you're fine. Um, I was going to say, should we answer some of our Instagram questions? Yeah, I'm looking through some of them. (laughs) So if I'm looking at our Instagram, and obviously I always want to answer some of these questions that came up. One of the questions that is here is how to make parallel parenting work when the parents involved basically hate each other. Well, if they hate each other and they're incapable of communicating 
parallel parenting is going to be very difficult because parallel parenting requires at some level, even if that's through a parenting coordinator, that there's agreement. And a lot of what we've heard from our amazing stepmom community is when there is so much deep-rooted hatred, it can really be more like counter-parenting. And the shitty part about that is, is labeling it as such doesn't change the situation. You can label it counter-parenting and it doesn't all of a sudden make it like, oh yeah, okay, that's all we're doing. We're just counter-parenting and that's that's what this is. Like, that's, that's not how that works. Um, but when parents hate each other and you can't agree, my best advice is to seek legal counsel. Get a parenting coordinator involved. Get someone involved that can be a neutral third party, a mediator, whatever that is, but that's what you need. It doesn't matter if it's a lawyer, parenting coordinator, mediator, judge, like however you need to handle the situation in order to make that your reality, do it because the kids will suffer long term if you are actively working against each other in every situation. So, that's my advice. Get a neutral third party. I honestly wish that people who didn't get along, who were divorced and had children, like had to go to weekly therapy. Like until you guys can figure out your shit, you're stuck talking to each other. And I don't know, some people might use that as like a tool to continue conflict and be around their ex. But I don't know. I'm like all the drama. Totally. And it's funny because some of the other questions that we got were actually like, how do you handle therapy in a parent, like a parallel parenting situation? You know, you have a high conflict bio mom who is refusing to communicate effectively and it's starting to affect your stepkids mental health. I mean, you handling therapy, like you, you have to get someone who can tell you that that should be a requirement based on your situation. And if you're really in that high conflict of a situation in general, it should be relatively easy to get an attorney to help you get that court ordered. Because it really, I mean, that the, all we're trying to do is just make sure that these kids have the best chance at like a happy, somewhat normal life. And it feels almost shitty to say that having divorced parents isn't a normal life because it very well can be. It was normal for me growing up. And I mean, granted, I've got issues, but like I, for the most part, turned out okay. I think you're great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, perception is reality. Like, sure, I, I'm great for some and maybe a total psychopath for others, but I am who I am. And I've worked through a lot of the issues that I have, but I don't think most of the issues that I did have from my childhood were from having divorced parents. I think it was other things that happened around that situation, making it weird for me or awkward for me. I I think, yeah, neutral third party. I'm going to stick to that one. The only problem that I think arises with some of that is if, like in Alex's situation, the neutral third party really gloms on and agrees with one side, I think that can create more animosity. I totally agree with you. And there's even been people, not just who responded to today, but who message us all the time on Instagram saying, my stepkids are so nasty to me. And when you're in a situation where your ex-wife or high conflict bio mom, whatever you want to call her, is counter-parenting and being really, really vindictive, it basically causes the kids to somewhat emulate that because they don't want to upset their mom. They really just want to support the parent that feels most hurt at the time. And that can mean that they're toxic and the kids are nasty to the step-parent. And the one that messaged us today, what she had said was essentially, my stepkids are really nasty to me. And 
I'm heartbroken by that. And I responded back to her saying, I'm really sorry, but you and your husband cannot allow your stepkids to treat you that way. It just cannot be allowed. They don't have to love you. They don't even have to like you. But respect is should be the, the basic like foundation level. And your husband has to back you up and support you in demanding that in your household. For sure. Because at the end of the day, they, and you've mentioned this before, they're always going to love their parents, but they choose to love us. And I think they're always also going to respect their parents. And so your spouse in this situation has to be able to step up and say, hey, listen, and like sit down and just have a legitimate conversation and be open and honest and real. Yes. And just a reminder to stepmoms, it is not solely on you to set those boundaries. And it is not solely on you to demand respect in your household. Your significant other, whether he's your boyfriend, your fiance, your partner, your husband, whatever, he has to be able to support that narrative too. And if he's not, you need to take a hard look at that relationship and either find someone, a neutral third party, like a therapist, who can help him understand and empathize your perspective. But a united front in parenting is absolutely critical. And that, again, going back to the fact that that's not just something that step parents deal with, that's in any sort of parenting. You have to be a team. And that's where you get the most respect from your kids, whether they're stepkids or not. Um, One of the other questions we got, which was, I thought, super interesting. How do you make sure bio mom gets that we still discuss serious issues like which school the kids go to? I would think that would be in like a joint parenting agreement that you can't change schools without, I feel like that's like a legal issue. That's not really a co-parenting issue. That's a major life decision. You can't just like decide that on your own, right? Both parents need to be involved in something like that. A hundred percent. And I feel like if you are having the conversation with the other side and they're not hearing you or taking what you say into account in such a major decision like that, that's just kind of a no-brainer. You're going to have to get outside involvement because... That's something that you should be involved in making a decision on. Can't like unilaterally unless they have sole custody. Absolutely not. That's totally inappropriate. I think I feel like there's a stigma around people getting outside counsel for things like this and people are just like, oh, we can work it out or, you know, we'll figure it out. But sometimes it can be so helpful and so valuable to just get some help. You don't have to go it all alone. And it might even send a message to be like, listen, I'm not messing around. This is my kid's life and I take it very seriously. So if you and I cannot agree, I'm going to find someone who can help us get there. This is another interesting question and something that I would like to talk about with you because I've actually been thinking about it, but no clue if this is even possible. How do we introduce parallel parenting to the other party? Like, can you? I feel like it's something you just have to do. Yeah, You're not going to like sway the other side, especially if it's a conflict type situation. I don't know. I In my mind, I'm like, maybe you could. Because if you entered into that situation thinking that you could effectively co-parent and all of a sudden that's not working, I feel like you could maybe, if approached with the right person in the right way, say, hey, our kids are really important. This is not working. Here's an alternate solution for us. And here's another way to potentially go about it. Are you open to it? Can we talk about it? There's a good chance that person will be like, nope, kick rocks, go play in traffic. I don't want anything to do with this. But I think that's worth a discussion. I mean, again, at the end of the day, the kids are the most important thing. And all you're trying to do is give them a healthy relationship with both parents. Worth a shot, right? 
totally worth a shot. You just approach it in the right way. Like, I know we've talked about this before, but you can't go guns blazing and be like, you're a terrible parent. (laughs) Like, you're (laughs) terrible. We can't do this. This is not working. You have to say, I recognize that there's a lot of tension between us. I want to give our kids the best chance at a really good life. I think there's an alternate route that we can potentially take. Here's what it would look like. How do you feel about this? And Here's some leisurely reading. Let me send you this link. Casually, passive-aggressively send them articles or tag them in said articles on Facebook. Mail them books from Amazon <laughs> to their house. I'm sure that's just going to go over very well. Just kidding. That's bad advice. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, another comment. And I love this. It's not a question. Some people just send us little comments. I am not alone in this really hard journey. No, girl, you are not. We got you. That's why we're a tribe. If you're not, like I said before, if you're not in Arizona and you're like close to Arizona, please come join us at our happy hour. It's again, an event listed on our Facebook page. Come find it. Come have some drinks with us. It'll be really fun. You will be one of the very rare people to actually see our faces. So don't take that lightly. (laughs) It's honestly, we're gems. (laughs) We're diamonds in the rough. (laughs) Our husbands are like listening to this going, oh, okay. (laughs) They're like, really talk yourself up there, ladies. Go ahead. (laughs) Wow, ladies, don't record on a Friday night anymore because, you know, wild. For uh, just everybody knows, we normally record on Wednesdays. So it's a school night. Very calm school night Wednesdays. Wine Wednesdays, mostly. Yes. Well, great. I'm super excited to come to Arizona in a few weeks and meet some of you lovely ladies. And shout out to our new followers. Um, We have officially hit 3,000. So So thank you all for yay following along with us and listening and all your messages. We continue to love every single bit of it. Yes. And if you ever want to continue conversations with us or get more in depth, you can also book a coaching session with either myself or Elise. We do 30 minute and 60 minute. You can also email us stepmonsterpodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at stepmonsterpodcast. Come to our event the second weekend in August. It's Saturday. It's going to be fun. Yes, it will be a blast. Drinks to be had, stories to be shared. We hope to see you there. So Bye. cheers with your Chardonnay cheers. and cheers with my margarita. With margarita. Oh, Have a great night, that. ladies. <laughs>